And that's all we will see for the Knights. Katie Mack. Well, who else would bring up the winning runs for the Adelaide Strikers? A player in the most unbelievable form. And a side sizzling as it gets set to head west for a final. A very warm welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly. My name is Matt Ellis and joining me as always, Robbie McKinlay. Thanks so much for joining us. Matty, it is so good to be back. And uh, well, it looks like we're doing this on a Thursday evening. And uh, full disclosure, first Scorchers are hosting the grand final in the Weber WBBL. And it will be an amazing if the <laughs> Melbourne Renegades can get out of this mess because they are in all sorts of trouble here against the Adelaide Strikers. Strikers need around about 26 to win and they've got a lot, a lot of overs to do it. No wickets down that. So, yes, yeah, so it looks like we're going to have a Perth-Adelaide a classic final. Yeah, and uh, as we'll hear in our official stats coming through from the Orange Library, uh, it will be a brand-new winner. Um, yes. No, none of the teams left have won the WBBL before. And I'm going to go on the record right now, Robbie. I'm going to say that whoever wins this year will win next year. <laughs> well. Because um, because the pattern has been. It is too. It's yes. been a, a thunder win and then. Two wins in a row to the Sixers, I think, and then two wins in a row to the Heat, and then the Thunder again. So it's sort of like that Thunder, the bread, uh, Sixers, Heat in the sandwich. And now I'm saying mm-hmm. there's another layer of the sandwich coming here, and I'm going to say it's two in a row to either the Strikers or the Scorchers. So yeah. There you go. There's my bold prediction within the first couple of minutes of the show, Robbie. I don't normally give bold predictions, but there it is. Well, one of your bolder predictions earlier in the year are just about to be bundled out in this, um, <laughs> yeah. in this, uh, this, this encounter. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. yeah. But anyway, we'll, I'd say by the time we uh, get for our show, we'll have a result in that one. How, how cool will that be? It'll be live almost. Yeah, uh, that's right. And um, tonight... Big celebrations uh, in the cricketing world. 25 November, obviously, Robbie. I reckon yeah. you're, you're going to know this. Oh, everyone should. Kerry O'Keefe, Kerry, happy birthday. Kerry O'Keefe, born on this day, 1949. My favourite commentator in the current crop of commentators. Uh, oh, a, yes. a wonderful analyst of the game. Uh Excellent sense of humour, but I, I love the way the two go together. His sheer love of the game, yep. just contagious. Uh, from the days of bowling in the Scarborough Park cricket nets uh, as a youngster, riding his bike down and just bowling ball after ball, uh, to have the success he did uh, for Australia and New South Wales. 169 first-class games for KJ O'Keefe. High score of 99 not oh. out. and. <laughs> I think he said he is the only person uh, to um, to finish on on ninety nine not out when the non striker refused to run <laughs> when he was yeah, in that tour game against um, a tour game over in New Zealand on that New Zealand yeah it tour. was it's 
one of his great stories that any sportsman's night, if he tells the not that story about that game, it is one of the funniest stories you'll ever hear. Ever hear. But yeah, happy birthday, Skull. Uh, he debuted against England on the 21st of January 1971, yeah. and his last test was six years later. So he, um, you know, played 24 test matches. So, but in that era, it was pretty good because we were we were lagging with great fast bowlers. So, but uh, Skull, yeah, 72 today. Fantastic. A real St. George boy too. Of course, St. George uh, team of the century cricket club. Yeah. Um, along with Sir Donald Bradman and the like. It's a pretty good list. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a great servant of the game, KJ O'Keefe. Uh, couldn't couldn't show any more love towards the man and, and just worth giving him a mention on his birthday. And who knows? He may be tuning in. I know Kerry is a fan of the cricket library. Um, yep. he, he loves the idea of the cricket library. And, uh, if you are listening, Kerry, thank you. Uh, thank you for tuning in and well, enjoy the celebrations. Maybe just, I, I don't like to steal, um, Matt, uh, Matt, uh, from oranges. Thunderbird. One of the great stats I've always found around Kerry O'Keefe, mm. um, and, 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 and Skull himself, he, he gladly puts it out there. He reckons his lack of, Penetration of the ball is is really um, in concrete evidence because he has the highest percentage of wickets out caught in the history of Test cricket. Eighty four percent, yeah, eighty four percent of his wickets come from court. So that's uh, yeah, so good on him. But that's what leg spin bowling's all about, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. No, anyway, love, love your work, KJ O'Keefe, and. Um, we probably need to move into some WBBL discussion, Robbie. What a night last night. I was t- talking to you off air, interestingly enough, and last night uh, Mrs. Ellis and I, we had a meeting and we're on on Zoom because uh, still, oh. still a few meetings happening on Zoom. And we were yeah. in, we were in the uh, library office and uh, Peter and Jack uh, were watching the WBBL. And Peter would come in every time Amanda Jade Wellington got a wicket to give me an update. And I'm thinking, oh, gee, I'm, I'm missing a few bits of this meeting, but I'm really interested in um, how Amanda Jade Wellington's going out there. Leg spinner, obviously. And um, five for eight, Robbie. Oh, I think, well, there's the stats that back this up, but I believe it's the best ever bowling figures in the history of WBBL. But I'll get that confirmed with the stats coming out of the Orange uh, Library. But yeah, five of the first six wickets. But by almost the halfway point of the inning, she had had five wickets. It's just it's four, uh, stunning. Four overs, one maiden, five to eight. <laughs> yeah. Abs- and one wide. Absolutely remarkable stuff. She... she- she gives it a big rip, and that's what I really like about her approach to leg spin bowling. She's not afraid to give it a big rip and uh, lure the batters in. That stumping uh, to get Grace Harris a really key wicket at the time. Oh. And what, what, what a player. And, and really putting her name forward with, with Georgia Wareham out of the picture this summer. Amanda Jade Wellington has played test cricket before. She knows how to do it. And uh, she, yeah, oh, I agree. She's certainly putting a name forward there. But what a bowling attack this is! You've got Shoot, Brown, McGrath, Wellington, and then you've got 
Vandekirk and Sarah Coit. It's just yeah, a it, really, really impressive lineup. Yeah, and look, as you said, it looks like they will get through the final against Perfect. Just the final thing on Amanda J. Wellington, Maddie. This is how impressive it was. She, the first wicket, uh, Darcy Brown, who bowled beautifully two for eighteen or four, took the first wicket. Anyway, the second wicket didn't fall till halfway through the seventh over. Right? Yep. Twenty-five balls. Twenty. So five at, at six point three. Twenty-five balls later, she had just taken her fifth wicket. That's how destructive it was. It went from one for twenty-seven to six for forty-seven. All five wickets went the way of the leg-spinning genius. Yeah, incredible stuff, and wow, just mm. just putting the strikers in in the mix. They are in the mix now, Robbie. And and Big I, time. interestingly, I was I was talking. Sorry, I feel like I'm name dropping all the time here, but I, I was having a chat with Elliot from New Zealand uh, earlier today, and we were talking about the WBBL. Elliot from New Zealand, of course. Uh, former guest on Fact or Fiction, um, and yep. and and we were saying a, it's an interesting scenario in the finals when you've got a team that goes straight through to the final, and they're just watching it all kind of unfold. Mm. But then you've got a team, a lower ranked team, coming in with momentum, having won two sudden death games, uh, having to make the trip to Perth now as well, which which is going to be tough. Uh, well, it's tough but, to get in there, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and then, but then, um, the, so momentum versus existing season form, and I, I think Adelaide certainly have the momentum, and um, you've got to remember too that the Scorchers won two of their games via super over. Yes. So. If those games were ties, let's 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 just say there is no super over there. Um, it makes it makes it less certain that they finish first on the ladder. So, a really tight competition. Some very exciting cricket coming up. Uh, one player I've I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, being successful is Katie Mack, former guest yeah. o- on the Cricket Library podcast. Uh, a wonderful human being, very dedicated to her cricket over a number of years and the fruits of her labour are starting to be seen on, on, on a large scale uh, in, in this WBBL. Yeah, I can't add to that, Matt. That is a 100% right. It's so good to see her doing well. and Yeah, 50 not out of game, or 42 balls mm. um, at, at a nice clip, as they say in the classics. And, uh, you know, currently unbeaten in the... In the qualified, the preliminary final here, batting beautifully again. So, so how do you stop the Scorchers, Robbie? Uh, a lot of talk around their top order, uh, Mooney Divine. H- how do you how do you crack open that pairing? And looking at the bowling attack of the Strikers, mm. is is that potentially their trump card? Is that how how the Strikers can can pull apart? Uh, the, the Scorchers on Saturday night? Well, Matty, I'm not sure if you um, had a chance to see the whip, the first ball of the match this evening. Oh, the it was big, an absolute oh, jaffer. Yeah, the Megan Short 
the ball that she bowled to get um, Josie Dooley out, it was almost unplayable. It was this hooping in-dipper. So, Sophie Devine should be really aware of that the ball coming into her. If she can get one of the right spots, that would be a massive wicket. But then the other thing, I wouldn't be surprised with that type of swing that um, Megan gets, that when she bowls to Beth Mooney, don't be surprised to see two slips in, which is hardly because it'll be worth it early on. If oh, Beth definitely. Mooney has got one little, um, you know, opportunity to, to maybe get her out early, she because she's such a good player, sometimes she nicks the ball when a lot of other players might miss. So, but um, yeah, so Megan should her first few overs going to be massive and. Uh, yeah, Maddie is turned right now. I'm just looking on my screen and the uh, just outside the library window, and the uh, strikers have won, so they've got their way through to the grand final. Nine wickets, and they had 9.1 overs to spare. So, but I, I just do see it as a, a titanic tussle between that magnificent bowling attack and that really strong batting lineup of the Perth Scorchers. But then again, it's easy to underestimate. The reverse. The Perth Scorchers bowling is excellent, and the Adelaide Strikers batting list. Wow, we, Matty. Well, they really they only lost two wickets on Wednesday mm. night. They only lost one wicket tonight. So, and there's a lot of depth in that lower middle order. Um, I'm 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 swinging a bit for Strikers at the moment. Well, there you go. Mm. If, well, does that mean they're going back to back, Robbie? Is that what you're saying? You you are saying the Strikers are going back yeah. to back, or is that me that's saying that? No, I'm going to say that. I, I'm <laughs> going to say that. Yeah. I, yes, Matt. I, should I will have, say it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have clarified that uh, maybe the Thunder might want to start another another sandwich. So maybe the Thunder win next year because we, we haven't won it since last year. Um, oh, sorry. Um, the Thunder haven't won it since last year. I shouldn't say we. I'm... I may be flogging a dead dead horse here, but uh, uh, please feel free to correct me if I do refer to the Thunder as we uh, again, Robert, Yeah, because I'm impartial. I'm happy to go with Thunder at the moment when they finish second last <laughs> and the sixth is last too, but there's an interesting uh, stat coming up around that too. Well, let's, from out of the orange. Yeah, can what do you I, want to go with it? Oh, I'm just well, going to bring up these yeah. stats here. These have come through yeah. from... The Orange Library, and the first one, a little bit of a point of concern over the Sixers. This is their lowest finishing position in the history of WBBL. It's their first wooden spoon. They've had the least mm-hmm. amount of wins they've ever had in a season. The lowest net run rate, minus 0.704. And that's the lowest net run rate in the history of the club. And they've never finished below fifth. And it's their third, it's their third consecutive season missing the final. So uh, disappointment there for the Sixers. But, Robbie, you've got some good news on the Hurricanes. This one surprised me. Look, they just finished one win ahead. Of Sydney Sixers, they but and half a point ahead of Sydney Thunder, but the Hurricanes that is actually their best position on the WBBL points table six since WBBL02 when they finished fourth. So, but I, I, I'm I'm not, I still think they would be very disappointed 
with um, then not being able to really push a bit harder for finals, Matt. There's no no good uh, beating around the bush in that one. I think they had the side this year. I thought right at the start of the preview that they could finish in the top four, and they didn't. Um, they were just so inconsistent, too inconsistent for mine, Matt. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's the, the second best finish ever. Well, that probably shows you that they've had some disappointing years. Yeah, and a disappointing year uh, this year. One of the best players in World T20 cricket. Uh, seven innings. Um, or in, in her seven innings after scoring 94 not out against the Scorchers. That was a, a brutal knock, that one. That 94 Just not Alisa out. Healy. Alisa, yep. uh, AJ Healy. Yeah. Um, she didn't score over 20 after that 94 not out. Um, wow. The highest score since then being 17. So... Um, let's hope that that form will return. Class players, uh, class players are class players, Robbie, and AJ Healy certainly one of those. And lean runs like that, you wouldn't expect to continue uh, for too much longer. And it and it did impact the Sixers, uh, noting that mm. the, the Sixers lost their last six matches with three scores under a hundred. So. I'm incredible, isn't it, to think. It's been a bit of a fall from grace, um, hasn't it? We're just ex- I think the expectation is that you know, we're going to see them inside that top four, but as I said, it's three years in a row now. So, yeah, it'll be interesting how they go about the process. There's certainly still plenty of talent there. Yeah. Um, this might need a bit of a change up in some areas. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, they seem very happy, which is good. Like, they're the, the, the group looked like they were... Enjoying themselves, yeah. which is which I, is nice. I don't know about. I think there's a bit of a little bit of a bit of body language wasn't probably up and about as much probably in the last couple of games. But I, I suppose they could see you know no finals be played, and you know they hadn't uh, they'd been away a fair bit, so they'd yeah, be all glad to get home. But yeah, look, it's been a challenge. The last two years have been a massive challenge for all sports people, you know, and all people in general in the community. But and sports people are no different; they're, they're human. Yeah, same same with the librarians. There's been a lot of time with, <laughs> with the cricket library in lockdown and not the usual readers coming in, not the usual interaction yep. at the loans desk, that kind of thing uh, in the short term, not so bad, but compounded over a number of years uh, can, can start to take its toll. So, mind you, quarantine you have re- a, um, reading books is, is not a bad situation. Do you have a, a ratio of um, you know, like how many... What percentage in um, borrowers you were down over the last couple of years? Is that something that you can string together, or is it? Yeah, hard one to track. It's it's had it's had a significant impact, Robbie. We've been doing um, car boot pickup of books in recent times. That's been a good way. To, yep. For people to get their books. Um, yeah, but yeah, generally the foot traffic has been has been down. So. Um, mm. Certainly, there was a lot of foot traffic traffic back to the pavilion with Amanda Jade Wellington <laughs> taking five for eight in the Eliminator. Oh. Now, what's amazing about this is she has eclipsed Molly Strano, as you mentioned before. Molly Strano's five for fifteen in WBBLO one. That's a long time ago, and eclipsing Molly Strano, the um, former guest on the Cricket Library Weekly. Yep. So. Well done. Maybe Amanda Jade Wellington is saying, I am banging down the door. I need to get on the cricket library. Here's five for eight, guys. Get in touch. Do you think that's what she's saying with that performance? 
Oh, well, it, it was a, I'm not sure if that was forefront of mine at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll take it, Matt. Oh. Um, hey, Matt, just, I, I'm sorry, I'll just go back and digress, go back a bit, but I just had this vision of um, you doing boot drop-offs for the library. Yeah. Like, and you're in that, you know, around that Dubbo area. I reckon the local constabulary would be pleasantly surprised if they saw you sort of pulled up on the side of the road and <laughs> you had the, the boot open and, and, and a couple of characters there with you and you're, you're carrying parcels from one car to the other. It would be a welcome change to some of the other um, goods that have been historically oh. been sort of flicked around, but that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Um, yeah, there was there was some um, s- some – Traffic, shall we say, um, Bungle Gumby Road in recent times, yeah. Um, yeah. which you yep. may have may have been brought to your attention. But um, we we need to move on, Robbie. Um, <laughs> AK AK <laughs> Gardner finished the season with what I would call an Audi. Four ducks what? in a row, an Audi. She was one away well, from Olympic, but. Um, the four yeah. four Incredible. consecutive ducks, uh, her equal second most ducks in WBBL history. Now, now this is oh. a question. This is a question for you. Yeah. <laughs> often, often good players get out for ducks, and I, I, yep. I, I've often wondered this. Um, is there like is it because some players are take risks or some players take more time to get in and and so we've delved into the orange library archives and you're not going to believe this robbie but who do you think has the most career ducks in wbbl history think a player that you really like that you that you may have you may have predicted would finish in the top five batters this season Oh, and, and, Rachel Priest. Yeah, I was going to say think think somewhere after fifteen in the list in this year's leading run scorers, sort of sort of around seventeen in the list. Yeah, Rachel but, Priest, fourteen ducks in her WBBL career. She has not. I find that absolutely ducks. astounding. I want that check. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we, we might we well, might we might need well, some clarification, but. But is that just the well, way she many... plays? Like she looks to get on top of the bowling early and sometimes that comes with peril? Yeah, yeah look, sometimes you live by the sword, you die by the sword, Maddie. And, but I still find Rachel Priest one of the most entertaining batters in the comp. I just, yeah, you know, I think that's what I maybe I like about it. I just don't know what you're going to get. And, yeah, well, geez, there you go. 14 ducks, eh? Yeah. Mm. One, uh, one of five batters to score a tonne. This season, yeah. Well, there you go. That's a nice positive way to finish it. But two two hundred and sixty two runs at twenty point one five strike rate, one hundred three point nine six. Probably not up where we expected. I know you expected yeah. Rachel Priest yep. to be in that top five. Um, can she bounce back next year, Robbie? Oh, certainly, absolutely. And I just heard I, before I mentioned about the Hobart Hurricanes. You know, I think that they need to. They Six is not good enough for them. They're better than that. So, and, you know, Preeti, get them all together, have another go. And, um, yeah, I, I want to see those canes into the finals, Matt. Yeah, I think... I think... I'm not going to lose the faith. Don't, I, I won't lose the faith, mate, on, on, uh, on Rachel Priest and the canes. Come yeah, on, and I, I think, 
I think I'll probably keep e- eating Cadbury chocolates, even though they didn't <laughs> make the finals. Uh, provided yeah. I provided I yeah. get sent some. Uh, you're nice. 101R, Bungle, Gumby Road, Borough Bedeen. If you're <laughs> listening, uh, anyone working out of the Cadbury factory, uh, loyally loyal listeners of the Cricket Library Weekly, hey, no doubt. How about a, a Cadbury boot pickup? Oh, yes. That's That'd a great a idea. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely would be. That'd be that, the COVID safe chocolate. Um, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. like it. I like it. Um, See what we can do. Now, now yes, what else you got it, for me? Well, He's the, been busy. There was a player. There was a player at the start of the tournament that I had pretty big raps on, and just wondering how they went. Harman Preet Core. Have you got any numbers on Harman Preet there for me, Robbie? Um, yes. Yeah, pretty good. My, don't don't worry about the... tonight's stats. Don't worry about tonight's All game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just just look might at. Might have been to... player of the tournament. Yeah. So uh, yeah, look, player of the tournament had before tonight's match three hundred ninety nine runs for the tournament. Uh, finished second in the averages. Hey, I, this is the averages are good, but it's strike rate which I like. Yeah. Um, behind Katie Mack. Katie Mack's average is 68, so how good is that? She's led the way there. Um, and Katie Mack, did she have the highest strike rate, strike rate or was that Harmon Precor? That's Harmon Precor, yeah. Yeah, she had so 135.25, and she hit the most sixes. Now, I'm going to give you a chance to have a guess at this. How many sixes do you think that Harmon Precor hit in her 14 games? Well, I reckon at least one a game. So let's let's yep. let's let's yep. say it's fourteen games. I reckon maybe sixteen sixes. Eighteen. How about 18? that? Eighteen. Yep. Yep. That is eighteen. That that that's in one. That's in just this one season. How many career sixes did you hit in your? Well, well I'm not going to rule you out. Yeah, currently in your. Let's without giving too much away, let's just say Harmon Preet Kaur has hit double the amount of my career sixes in <laughs> Weber WBBL 07. That is incredible. And I'll, I'll well give played. you I'll give you a quiet tip too. I think I've played a couple more than fourteen games. <laughs> 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 I'll have to go now, back and check that. <laughs> yeah, no, I can confirm that now. Yeah. Are we going to have a first-time WBBL champion? We are. We are. Now, interestingly, um, we've got Luke from Wagga Wagga coming on to do Fact or Fiction later. He gives his prediction for the winner. Um, mm-hmm. Peter from Burrabadeen, had he went out very early and said the Scorchers. Yep, yep. So um, we will have a first-time champion team crowned. And, gee, there's a lot to like about both teams. So good luck getting me to say who I think is going to win. Um, yeah. I've already made my bold yeah. prediction for the show, and that's that whoever wins will win two in a row. So uh, I'll stick with that. Um, but I, I think I think next week we wrap it all up, and I don't know what stats we'll have next week, but, gee, there were some well, good, Matt, good ones tonight. Uh, how about a tip then? We now know that confirmed Scorchers are playing strikers. Who wins? Uh, it, it can't be on the fence. Come on. Okay, you've got to so, get so here's, here's the pros. The pros. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> the, 
the the pros are that one of my favourite cricketers, Lisa Griffith, has an association with the Scorchers. And Just also put the jug on, listeners, uh, and you'll get back with the. <laughs> also, also Lisa Kitely, uh, her association with the Scorchers as well. So a couple of Central West New South Wales products there. But on the on the flip side, you've got Katie Mack, former guest cricket library. Madeline. And you're a, you've been a net bowler. You've been a net I've bowler. I've been an, I've been a net bowler for Katie Mack. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, and then. And Madeline Penner, guest on the Cricket Library as well. So it's gee, it's going to be tough for me to split it. But I, I, Matt, I, 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 remind me, remind me to never ask you how World War One started, please. <laughs> I can't. I just need one name. Is it Strikers or Scorchers? Who wins? It's um. Oh, and Piper Cleary's been on the oh. on the Cricket Library as well. So that that swings oh. it to the Scorchers. It's a Scorchers right. win, folks. We're going to feel the, that? They're going to fill the furnace and the Scorchers will win. Very and, good. Well, and, I, and Dylan, Dylan, one of our loyal listeners in Western yeah. Australia, will be will be celebrating. There you go. I reckon he'll be there. Oh, I, I'm tipping he'll be he'll be front and centre. Um, he's been, he went to the Lilac Hill games. Uh, oh, that's right. Just yeah. Very loyal Scorchers supporter. Uh, as many of the Scorcher supporters are, and even Mark McGowan is saying, "Fill the furnace." Well, so he's he's very keen. Fill the furnace. Well, um, Smirk McGowan's just got to get all clear for the Test match first. <laughs> if he if he wants to start filling stadiums, just let him come in and play that Test match because I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll be a bit. If I was a Perth cricket supporter, I'll be getting a bit nervous about that. So anyway, hopefully it does happen. But you know, I wouldn't get too cute, Smirk. Just quietly. Now, um, just out of interest, Robbie, in, in one yeah. word, uh, who's your winner? Strikers. Gee, you do that well. That's Thank very, you. very, very, very good summation there. We need to take a break. We're going to talk Marsh Cup, Sheffield Shield uh, after the break, and then he's back. Matt Fiction is back. Oh. And, oh. and my mail is that. The last question in fact or fiction may not have even been audible given Matt Fiction's oh. excitement levels. No. <laughs> That's all coming up on the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Matt Ellis. Stay with us. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Flash Norton here. Hey, guys. Rachel Priest here. Hi, this is Renee Farrell, and you are listening to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Matty Ellis. And it's just too sweet. Oh, it is just too sweet, Robbie McKinlay. And wasn't the Marsh Cup just too sweet? We're going to talk about that first, being a couple of avid New South Wales cricket supporters. And bearing in mind, I was, I was looking over the, the listener data uh, this week, and we've got New South Wales ranked one, Victoria very close behind ranked two, and then WA ranked three. They're our top three uh, Australian listener audiences. And good evening yep. to everyone listening in Delaware in the United States, getting some good numbers over there as well. Um, <laughs> but right. uh, which, which I don't know how that's happening, but uh, thank you for tuning in, uh, those folk in Delaware. Um, Marsh Cup, couple of debutants for New South Wales. Baxter Holt, who... 
of course, has played Shield cricket. He played in the Shield final last year. Uh, he's also played for the Sydney Thunder. Very impressive debut from Baxter Holt. And also a very impressive debut from Tanvir Sanger as well, who's recently mm. made Shield debut and, of course, uh, did so well for the Sydney Thunder in his first season with them. Great to see a leg spinner taking wickets at the SCG. And what a scorecard, Robbie. Oh, this one, that I love um, scrutinising scorecards, getting trends and wicket falls and partnerships. But New South Wales, I, this rarely happens. And I'll have to get Matt at the library in Orange to have a deep dive into this. New South Wales used nine batters. They only lost seven wickets. Every single player got over 20, but only the high score was 51 in a score of 344. So Hughes, 40. Jilks, 51. Enrique, 39. Curtis Patterson, 22. Jack Edwards, 33. Hayden Kerr, 43. Daniel Sams, great to see him back, 21. Baxter Holt, 41, not out. And Chris Tremaine, 27, not out. Uh, Tanvis Sanger, he didn't bat, but he took four wickets. And Adam Zampa back playing for New South Wales. He didn't bat either. And he took two wickets as well. So leg spin played a big part there, Matty, and you would be loving every bit of that because Zamp's got two for 44 and, yeah, 10 10 bits, hang up, four for 21. That's a good day at the office. I was licking my lips, Robbie. I was was possibly even salivating when I... Yep. I... Could see that combo, Zampa, Sanger. Uh, of course, Daniel Sam's my favourite cricketer playing in that game as well. Banged a couple of sixes as well. So some great stuff there from New South Wales to win that. Uh, the Shield game prior though, Robbie, let's have a look at the Shield. A um, couple of games going on at the moment. Uh, a lot of interest in in the, the wicket down there in Adelaide. But let's just have a look at the... New South Wales game first, a match drawn in the Mm. Hodge Matthews Trophy. First of all, let's just acknowledge what great servants of the game both of those players were. GRJ Matthews for New South Wales. You won't find a prouder New South Welshman than GRJ Matthews. Uh, And then BJ Hodge for Victoria, uh, absolute stalwart uh, of of the cricket Victorian set up there for a number of years and plundered thousands and thousands of runs over the years. So great to see those two acknowledged with a trophy named after the New South Wales Shield contest. And any talking points for you out of this game, Robbie? Any, uh, anything yeah, look, standing out? An improved performance in New South Wales. At one stage, it's going to be three consecutive losses. But the mind the most encouraging thing was Curtis Patterson uh, in the mm. second innings made 112 because in the first inning he, he made 37 before he got stumped off Matt Short's bomb. But he was looking so good. Um, and Hayden Kerr, an impressive yeah. performance, 62 not out with the bat. He struck the ball beautifully. Uh, 11 not out in the second dig. Um, and then, you know, he, he picked up a wicket in the second innings. Just trying to reflect back on that first innings how he went. He, yeah, he got two wickets there as well. So um, Chris Tremaine, good solid performance. But from a New South Wales perspective, it was much better. But I'll tell you what, that first thing, New South Wales would have won this game. Travis Dean carried the bat, 144 <laughs> not out or 300 deliveries. That is, that's, you know, 
outstanding stuff. So Jonathan Merlot got 64 and Jimmy Pattinson 45. Other than that, Matt, there was one, two, three, five four, ducks. five ducks. Five ducks, if you don't mind. More, and, more, uh, more ducks in that innings than AK Gardner's last four innings for the Sixers. And yep. more ducks than on the water at Ballarat when you were calling the, oh, the, the dragon, dragon boat racing on the weekend. Windy Ballarat. Yeah. But that was only three players got double figures. Pattinson, 45. Merlo, 64. And Travi Dean, 144. Not out. He's a good player. Um, he is. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll put the mozzer on that short. I was telling a few of the locals <laughs> back home here just how impressed I was from his game down at the MCG. He batted beautifully and he's bowling well. He's hardly made a run since, Matty. I have yeah. fixed him up big time. Yeah. yeah. He, you don't think it's it's linked to the rumoured Cricket Library Weekly curse <laughs> at all, no? Well, he got two and one in the Shield game and I think he missed out in the, in the Marsh Cup. Yeah. So I might just... Sorry about that, Matt. Matt Short. <laughs> I've left him short. Oh, but in yeah. that, Victoria's yeah. Technique, 4 for 91. New South Wales just threatened a little bit, but Peter Hanscom made a nice 39. And that was the end of the story. So, but yeah, good to see the Blues just had a better look about it that side, I thought. Yeah. And, and um, Tassie, too good for WA. Caleb, the jewel oh. in the crown, so to speak. Yeah, nicely put. Um, yeah, you know, Tassie just getting the job done. It was it was a good game of cricket, wasn't it? Like they mm. they got they got set almost three hundred and twenty runs to win in that last inning, and um, they got there. <laughs> Jordan Silk and your boy Lawrence Neil Smith, twenty five yep. not out, played a big role. Like that game was up for grabs, mate. It was you know six for two sixty eight, and then um, you know they still needed what fifty runs, but that's a that's a really good game of cricket. That well. Beautifully played, all the captains. You know, a couple of good, good decorations. WA's excellent decoration. I thought in that second inning, they could have probably snuck out and batted a little bit longer. But well done to them. Good work. Yeah, one one seventy six not for Sam Whiteman as well. Uh, shining light yeah. in that innings. Ton for Caleb Jewell for South Australia and and J A Richardson with the ball. Seven wickets for the game as well for him. So great to see him yep. back bowling fast and uh, taking wickets at the at the right time of the year as as we approach a big summer of cricket ahead. Now, th- there was some interesting talking points around the pitch. Uh, our man Bryce Street batted beautifully on day one, uh, 87 or took him into the second day because they stopped play early on that first day due to the, due to the pitch conditions. Uh, 87 for Street, 110 for Marnus, and then not yep. much not much else there uh, in 299 all out for Queensland. Then South Australia capitulated all out for 102 with uh, 5 for 25 for Matt Kuhneman. Isn't he having a good little run at the moment? He is. Yeah. Play, playing some excellent cricket. He got some runs, I think, in that first innings as well. He got 20 not out. Koonin, yeah. yeah. And then TM Head, 101. Good result for him. But G Sandu, 6 for 57. Oh, how good was that? That, is, that is just such a good story. Gurinder Sandu sort of rose to prominence, prominence as a youngster, 
played a couple of ODIs for Australia. Then he kind of drifted off out of the New South Wales squad, found himself in Tasmania, and he, he moved up to Queensland without a contract. Yeah. Packed up, packed up his things, moved up there, made his way into the Queensland side through weight of performances in grade cricket is my understanding. And six for 57, couldn't be happier for Gorinda. Great to see him doing the job there. And uh, Queensland, none for five in their second inning. So there'll be a bit of street watch happening as Queensland need 83 runs to win uh, in, yeah, he, this, in this one. He, um, he would, well, Joe Burns is out gunning at the moment. It stumps Joe Burns is one not out of 30 deliveries. Mm. <laughs> and a bright strike. Yeah, four not out of 12. So, um, that scored what well, they're none for five of seven overs. So, yeah, it probably wasn't gripping cricket at the end there, but um, they'll just try to bank the points tomorrow, Matt. Now, did you see the helmet kicking incident? Oh, I did. Yeah. And look, I did. Um, was it Jake Weberall? He, he you know, sort of crossed the helmet almost to the square leg umpire. So I think it was, I think it, I don't know, it was Matty Renshaw or. And he came between overs, placed the helmet. I don't know actually why he placed it where he did, but it was sort of where the batsman's feet were going to be. Yeah. So I would have put. I thought if, it, if it's for the wicket keeper or whoever, well, it wasn't for the keeper. I think the keeper already had his helmet on. If it was for short leg, we'll stick it behind the stumps, and that way Jake Weberall's not going to walk in front of it. And Weberall's seen it then. I think there'd been a bit of banter going on before it. If you get a chance, you know, yeah, get on the ca.com and have, <laughs> have a look. People inform their own views on the, on the yeah, situation, exactly. no doubt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he gave it a – it was a beautiful cross. I'll tell you what, Graham Arnold might have been fairly impressed in the Socceroos, and we need to get a wriggle on if we're going to qualify for the World Cup, and maybe Jake Weberhold could be the man to, you know, get a few good crosses in. Well, because it was Ryan Gibson's dad that played for the Socceroos, wasn't it? He was a goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, and yep, he, he's down. Route. He's down there in Adelaide. So well, maybe there's been. Maybe yeah. he is. Maybe he is just you know. Hey, there's not too many soccer balls out in a cricket field. A helmet looks like one. You know, I'll yeah. cross this. Well, well, um, yeah. you know what? I'll be following tomorrow. Bryce Street. It'll be Bryce Street. I will be. I will be riding him home for a bit. How long? Nice little right. not out. <laughs> How long? Do you reckon it's going to take Queensland to get these next 83 runs? I reckon they should have this wrapped up sometime before tea tomorrow, Robbie. <laughs> yep. Oh. No, I, he, here's bold prediction. Queensland will get the runs in the first session. Okay. Yep. Only 80-odd. Should I'll probably bowl 30-odd overs. Hey, what, Matty, the standing in the Sheffield chair, it's sort of been a hard one to track, hasn't it? So I believe... So how's it work? I, I don't I know. Thought... You've got you've got New South Wales have played Victoria three times. But I've heard. Oh, yes. oh hang but... on a minute, Robbie. Hello. Robbie, is that? <laughs> hang All on right, a minute. <laughs> oh, there we go. No, that's um. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think right. it was time to finish, but maybe no. maybe we are out of time. We we haven't even had fact or fiction yet. So apologies for that. Um, maybe that's our producer. <laughs> that's our producer maybe. saying. Maybe maybe that is a subtle dig at us saying that Queensland can get the runs quicker than we can do an episode of the Cricket Library <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> yeah, so the ladder like how do you how do you determine a ladder when there's 
not really a like-for-like scenario. Like, there is an actual ladder. Like, the ladder exists, but... I I should know this, but I I did read or hear somewhere that I thought that the New South Wales Blues' first game in Victoria's match didn't count, but the next two did. So the first one was sort of deemed like a practice game. Yeah. But I might be wrong. No, on on the ladder as it stands, it's got New South Wales having played three, one draw, two losses. So... um, WA sitting on top of the, the table at the moment, just ahead of Tasmania. But both of those sides having played five games, whereas Victoria and New South yeah. Wales only three. And then you've got Queensland, SA, both on four. So Queensland will advance up the ladder uh, sometime before lunch tomorrow when they peel off those runs. And um, <laughs> Bryce Street goes goes back to the sheds with some red ink. Um, that'd be my thoughts. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see there, Robbie. Maybe that's something that, that, that we can get some more intel on. Um, we probably do need to get on to fact or fiction. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think we do. We better roll with that, eh? Get, right. uh, Luke from Wagga is up this week. Yeah, Luke from Wagga Wagga. And we've got, I think we've got an inquiry coming up in Matt's mailbag also from Luke in Wagga uh, mm-hmm. around the Plan B Regional Bash, the Regional 2020 competition, Robbie. So, uh I won't say oh, I won't yeah, okay. I won't say any I've more about that. You, you, might, you might know what I'm talking yeah. about there, but um, mm. let's get handed over to Matt Fiction. He is saying he's calm, but my intel says that this this is this might need another little counselling session. So <laughs> I, 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 over to Matt Fiction, and then um, we'll be back to wrap things up with a little question in the mailbag. Hey everybody, Matt Fiction here with a world premiere exclusive airing of a brand new quiz show, Fact or Fiction. One minute of absolute madness as I ask rapid fire true and false questions and our contestant has to decipher and determine if the statement I make is a fact or is it... Fiction. Let's see how we go. It's time to play the game. And joining us on episode six of the high rating, very popular around the world segment, Fact or Fiction, it's Luke from Wagga Wagga. Luke, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, Matt, I am. I'm, I'm absolutely pumped. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'll be honest with you, though. I'm really, really nervous. But, oh, you know, please don't be nervous. I'm very me. relaxed. Oh, I'm, I am. It is such an honour. So I'm, I'm really nervous. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. All right, don't relax too much. The music's about to start playing. And we'd like to... Oh, here it is! G.F. Lawson played one more games of first-class cricket than Steve Mortimer played first-game games of rugby league! Back. Oh, that's fiction. Sydney Thunder lost in a super over to the Adelaide Strikers in the WBBL at Robertson Oval on January 21, 2018. That is back. Correct! M.A. Taylor had a higher strike rate than M.J. Slater in ODIs. Correct! According to Wikipedia, Rachel Treneman was born in Broken Hill. Back. Correct! 
MCP Tremaine was the only Victorian player to hit a six in the Sheffield Shield game at Robinson Oval in 2015. Back. Correct! RH Priest and RL Hayes both 17. In the WBBL game at Robinson Oval on January 21, 2018. Back. Oh, that's fiction. <laughs> oh, and time's up. We're beaten by the buzzer. What a performance. My goodness, your knowledge of Wagga Wagga Robertson Oval is exceptional. That was pretty tough, Matt. That was pretty tough. I tell you, it's probably a little bit tougher than Robbie McKinley's uh, questions on on week one. But I'll, I'll forgive you. I think uh, I think that was just a warm-up. But, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was pretty happy with that. I'm, I, I was shocked that you read Wikipedia. I uh, look. I, I just know no Rachel. Rachel's family pretty well, so that was an easy one. That was an easy one. The Silver City, not the not not the only WBBL superstar to come out of the Silver City. There's one possibly in the squad for the final on the weekend over there in Perth. Now, who's your who tip? Well, that is. I think this. I think the Scorchers, home ground advantage. There's my tip. The home ground advantage. Well, I tell you what, Peter from Barabadine predicted the Scorchers. Yep. And I'm going to go on the record here and say, if you're correct, I will add a point to your score. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Thank you. No worries at all. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Hope. Hope there's no more washouts there in Wagga Wagga. My word, there's been a lot of rain down that way. It has been wet, Matt, and I, I, I'm not liking our chances this weekend, to be honest. More rain on the way tomorrow, so I think oh. it'll be just too wet underfoot. Oh, my word, it might be time for a few quiet cordials and watching the WBBL. That's my prediction. That's what I'll be doing. And it's time for us to go. Thanks so much for joining us on Fact or Fiction. Not a problem, Matt. Thanks for having me. And Luke from Wagga Wagga. I don't know about this Matt Fiction offering bonus points oh. for picking the WBBL winner. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, okay. Yeah, let's, let's offer that up. But if Adelaide Strikers win, I'll be applying for a bonus point too when I did. And right, rightly so, Robbie. Yeah. Rightly yeah. so. I'd be so all over can, that. If you want to put that across a fiction desk tomorrow morning, yeah. you might have just opened up a can of worms here. Oh, well, Yeah, well, not for the first time. That's. It just feels a bit willy-nilly handing out oh. bo- bonus points on a – it's a 60-second quiz, Matt Fiction. It's not a – it's, it's renegade stuff. It's not. It's not a lottery where you just no. hand out participation awards for people who fluke a prediction. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's not my segment, so it's not really for me to well, say. On reflection, um, Luke from Wagga could do it for quarter two by the way that went. <laughs> he did. He did feel the questions were a bit tougher than yours, Robbie. So and. They were a bit long too. I thought it. Oh, didn't he? Weren't they? Didn't he? Right? Tra- was, dragging one them, of them out. Was, oh. One of them was like War and Peace. Well, well, one of them, one of them was um, only a fraction quicker than me giving a prediction for a WBBL yeah. game. Unbelievable. Oh, yes. Um. Yes, now, but- now, Luke did actually forward through an inquiry. Um. 
around the Plan yeah. B Regional Bash, uh, the Premier yeah. T20 Regional Competition. The just, final... just hang on a minute. I, I bet it's not a good luck uh, message to the Board of Bullets. No, well, he he's a Wagga Wagga Sloggers fan, I'm pretty sure, um, yep. in the Plan B Regional Bash. Now, I'm hearing out of out of Wagga Wagga that Ash Barella, <laughs> one of the premier players from Albury, mm. your, your sort of home patch there, mm. Robbie, is playing for the Wagga Wagga Sloggers. <laughs> like, is that... Would, this is true. Would that be like someone from from Parks putting their hand up to play for Forbes? Yeah, 100%. Probably even worse. Would, it'd be like someone from the Roosters playing for South Sydney. It'd be like someone from Collingwood playing for Carlton. Or someone, like, uh, someone, say, born Celtic. in New South Wales playing State of Origin for Queensland. That would never happen, would it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some flex. There is some agile flexibility around that. But... Um, you know, Rangers and Celtic. This is the rivalry that exists between Wagga and Albury. Um, and, Matt, I grew up halfway between the two warring parties, you know. Yeah, I can. Uh, you know, and I, I, to be honest, I didn't like any of them. But now I've, <laughs> I've, 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 and I've migrated south, um, so I'm more in, I'm more in the uh, border bullet camp. But, yes, look, this is a new rule brought in that uh, is they can, every every franchise team can have a marquee player. And yeah. the border bullet selectors, Somewhat controversially, have left Ashbarella, one of the leading batsmen, out, and a bit of a blaster too. He blazes away at the top of the order. So the Wagga boys, they they got in touch, and uh, they, he's his manager spoke to their manager, and their manager spoke back. And uh, anyway, Ash is heading up this week with the uh, Sloggers up to Canberra for round one. Then he'll be back in Albury for round two and three on a Super Sunday, the second Sunday in December. Mm-hmm to play at home, but not for his home side. So, yeah, this is sensational stuff. It, we'll just watch this space. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah, so, sounds like it will be ruffling and, a few feathers and create – And but what it does do, Robbie, oh, people are talking dream. about it. I, I, hey, I, Don King, Don King will get hold of this. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is big, you know. And I just got a funny feeling just if, if you did a forensic test on a few fingerprints, this Luke from Wagga just might have a, a little print somewhere or there on a, on a telephone or, a, you know. If, um, yeah, I, I think he, yeah, just said it. We'll see. But look, great theatre um, and it's going to be fantastic. I think it's brilliant. Love it. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great to hear um, regional cricket getting a little bit of airtime <laughs> and and a great rivalry like that one. So we'll we'll keep our finger on the pulse with that. Um, nothing else in the mailbag except to say um, keep your eye out on the socials. We we are releasing some cricket library t shirts. And I, I've seen some samples of them already. I'm, in fact, wearing a sample of them now. We, we've got more coming in. They're only 25 bucks, including postage. So just get in touch with the library if you want one, uh, and we can we can sort out the, the yep. financial and postal arrangements there. But uh, some really good... Really good T-shirts. We'll we'll um we'll get some Im- images out there, and would love to see loyal listeners repping them at the yeah. at the cricket and at their local Matt, cricket, at the big bash cricket, whatever. So 
Um, will there be um, will there be boot delivery drop off? Yeah, <laughs> car boot pickup. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we need yeah. to do that. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's something we need to look at. Yeah. So, um, yeah, get 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 your hands on one of them. And I've look had forward to that. I've had confirmation too from the sock enthusiast. Now, former get, former guest on the Cricket Library podcast, Maisie Gibson. Mm-hmm. The sock enthusiast has has come to a little arrangement with the Cricket Library. And I believe these have arrived in Tasmania already. Wow. Official cricket library socks. Now if that is not oh. if that is not the greatest Christmas stocking filler available anywhere in the world, I'm not a good judge at all. Um That's so, brilliant. So um Maisie Gibson will be keep keep an eye out for the sock enthusiast and uh, their social media pages on how to get hold of those. You get them straight through the Sock Enthusiast. and um, I wonder if um, the Sock Enthusiast for um, launching this in summer when thongs are often the choice of footwear might not be a great idea. But I tell you what, I like wearing socks and then my thongs over that. I'm a great fan of that. I love a sock and thong combo. Well, I'll give you a tip, Robbie. I don't even own a pair of thongs. Mm-hmm. I don't own a pair of sandals. I'm a shoes and socks guy 365 days a year. Yeah, I've noticed that with you, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hey, there's I, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I guess it's just a preference thing. Um, yeah. Some yep. people. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I'm the only one in my family that does oh. that, but maybe I am. Um, good evening, Aaron, Jack, Peter, Faith. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's great to have your company. Uh, well, we are, we are out of time, Robbie. Uh, next week right. we are back. We'll be wrapping up the WBBL final and, yeah. uh, there might be some test match cricket coming up soon. I think I haven't heard, I haven't, I haven't heard much talk around the test series at the moment or no, or the cover no. um there was something i saw something around the cover of the new computer game i'm not sure what that's all about anyway i need to yeah. people have been pretty quiet uh on the australian cricket front so no doubt we'll we'll be able to provide some more um intel around yeah what's happening there next week on the cricket library weekly this has been matt ellis and robbie mckinlay bye for now